Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. And if you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 343. It's been another busy week. I don't know how many football games I've watched this week. It's fell. It's well into double figures. I think that's even just this weekend alone. And some of them live too, obviously. Yeah, I got up this morning at 8.15 to watch the FA Trophy final between Fylde and Leighton Orient. Meant to have a nap after that. Never got round to it. So I'm not sure if I'm going to make it through to the the end of this show or not. But it's so much football action. A, A lot of things happening as well. So because of that, I think we'll just make part one about Game of Thrones tonight, <laughs> part two about WWE Money I, in the Bank, part three about AEW's Double or Nothing preview, and then maybe some white caps. I've only watched one of those things. Ah, I, I, I thought you were recording that uh, session pre-show in there when you would see we're going back. Yes, well, we're a little bit late on. Steve and me getting into it about Game of Thrones, which I thought was dreadful. Oh, you th- the last half hour? The last... Well, most of the whole episode, but the last half hour in particular. I knew, just I knew going into it that there was nothing going to be a major earth-shattering at all. I knew that there was this, this was going to be, uh, for most people that expected them to go out with a bang, to be a letdown so, for those people. N- no spoilers? Are you spoiling things? No, no we're not, we're not going to so, spoil um, does it. Spoil- well, I just said this, the people expected a bang and they didn't get it. Does it spoil the show for you on the whole Uh uh, it did a little bit, seven years of my life gone. I don't feel as bad about it as I did about Lost, which I was, I've been so appalled by Lost, I've got all the DVD box sets, I've never watched it since that ended. Oh, really? Yeah. I still have never seen an episode of that. I'll lend you all the box sets. Is it? No, but it's, it, it's good up to the last is episode. It, is it on Netflix? I didn't mind the last episode. But don't ruin don't it for me. Don't ruin the last episode. Well, so, so big, we have... big Bang Theory finished with a good episode, so I'm happy about that. I've never watched that either. <laughs> Well, you've missed Penny. There is a Lego set, though. A Big Bang Theory Lego yeah. set? Yeah. Oh. There's a Friends one coming out, too. Is it a White Caps Lego set? No. Well, there's a little pieces that they sell. Well, it's not Lego. It's, not it's Lego. a fake Lego. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the White Caps are full of little pieces just now, and <laughs> some are better than others. We will come to that in this first part of the show. Two games for the White Caps last week. Two games coming up for the White Caps this week. 1-0 lost to Atlanta. 
1-0 draw in Sporting Kansas City. We'll just kick things off with some quick thoughts about the Atlanta game. It was a 1-0 loss to the defending champ, who'd found some form, hadn't given up many goals, were on a bit of a, a run, five wins now on the bounce. So on paper, not bad. On grass, a bit boring, <laughs> or turf even. Uh, yeah. I, think if you, I think if you were, so on, that's the smell in here of his meat. I think, <laughs> I think if you're on grass, you might have enjoyed the game more. I think I possibly would. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I thought the Whitecaps did it well in that game at the beginning. They were really pushing the ball and everything. They just once again, it's the story of the season. Once they got close to the net, it was like. Uh, they didn't know what to do. Yeah, they didn't know what to do with the ball. Exactly, it was just like I, w- I was only there for the first half, and then I went I took my son home because he had school the next day. But oh, yeah, your walkout continued. No, I, I did. Yeah, okay, whatever. But um, the uh, I heard. I thought I heard that the second half was better, and this some people were saying no, the second half was better because of Max Crapo. Well, more yeah, exciting yes. than that, but oh, I don't know if it yes, was better. Of yeah, of course, the, yeah. the triple save, yeah. our our save of the year winner. I'm pretty sure if he beats that, wow. Lost the game on another penalty. The 85th of the season given up. I mean, that's... <laughs> it feels like that. Oh, it's unbelievable. And it was... And another it was one a, by an attacker. And it was an, an mm. unnecessary penalty. It was. And it was a penalty. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a clumsy penalty. <laughs> it was It was a stereotypical striker's challenge in the box. Yes. <laughs> because Ali Adnan had... The, the pity, pity Martinez had nowhere to go with nowhere. Ali Adnan the way... Nowhere. Was on. Yeah, so it was unnecessary completely. I feel bad. For, uh, yeah. Because, pity party. because as bad as it was, you you got to feel like Lass is like just trying to help out, right? Like, I that's I don't know. When I watched it, that's how I felt. If you were at Atlanta game, you need to have because it was raining. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was fun. <laughs> what happened with the stadium? This stadium didn't like oh, it's ruined. It's ruined now. It's like we're gonna have to get a, a waterfront stadium built. In fact, I think this was the attempt to make it a waterfront <laughs> stadium. If it was me, I would just leave the roof open all the time. Did they do this against Honduras, where they left the roof yeah. open when it was October? October? Yeah, Canada, yeah. Honduras. That was that November? I think it was that November. Was November. Yeah. yeah, so they kept it open because it was Honduras and they wanted to cool, cold, chill yeah. them a little. Yeah. And it's hot in Atlanta. Brick Shea doesn't like the rain. I think it was just to put Brick Shea off. That was one of the... Okay. That was one of the things that was most disturbing about this match. We talked about it in the that building. He, well. he got cheered. Well, no, no. <laughs> I thought he played no, well. No, 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 <laughs> He did. Yeah, he, you know, he played okay, but I feel like they did not have a go at him. And yeah. really, that was a missed I opportunity. I think they made him look even better than he actually was on the day. He had a not bad no, couple of raise forward today as well for Atlanta. He, there. In that but, game on Wednesday, he didn't have a couple of good tackles. Yeah, he, he wasn't bad. But, but I... But, but again, that's the best thing you can say about Brexit these days. He wasn't. Bad. They didn't go at him. Like no. they didn't have a real go at him. They There's did. a couple of opportunities they had, but uh, the ball wasn't there. Um, I, but I, obviously, I think final thoughts probably on this Atlanta game. Max Crepeau was the star of the match. The yes. triple save, and then the second save six minutes later off uh, oh, Joseph Martinez. Yeah. Um, Magic Max. It's basically uh, it's uh, you know usually we call a one goal loss a clean sheet for the Whitecaps, <laughs> but I think in this he, case because he's got he, a new one. Because it, it, it was, I, I put it out to a vote, and the majority voted for Maximo shutout. Maximo? Uh, yeah, because it was like three, four fantastic saves, and the only goal allowed was on a penalty kick. And it was a good penalty. Yeah, max power. There's another match, though, where there was no midfield creativity, impotent in the attack. The draw in KC, very similar. We went to, to KC to face a team that's struggling at the moment. 
a bit surprising, but yeah. their injury list is huge. massive. Huge. Even worse than us. Well, it's, like, <laughs> it's like three, I, yeah. three or four times. Well, you could almost have a whole injured starting eleven. Yes. Including Eric miss- Hurtado. Yeah. They're missing some key players, so not just Eric. Eric, Eric Hurtado. Beasler, Zussi, Espinosa, Fernandez. They even had to call a player up in the MLS hardship rule. That, that's how bad it was. Young Busio is away with the right. American under-17s as well. So, I mean, you're going to a team that's depleted, that's out of form, winless in their last six, only two wins in the whole season, coming off back-to-back losses. They were ripe for the plucking. Except for Vancouver's, it was... Yeah, Vancouver quick, had two days rest. We can't pluck anything, though. No, but we had two days rest, and they Three. had they had a week week to prepare for the... The, the the game, essentially, I'm taking when I say two days rest, I'm taking the day of travel. The Whitecaps traveled on the Thursday this yes, time, didn't they? They did, which is nice. I don't now. think it was direct either. No, no, it's not direct. It's direct right. to Kansas. But don't worry, there's more charters coming supposedly. And yeah, that's CBA. We'll talk about not that the room. That'll be even more for us not to use. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> but I, I I just felt this was a time to go. And just attack this team and get something out of it, and we just didn't see it. No, because again, we they played the same, almost similar lineup. They only made a few changes, and uh, it was their what their third game, no, fifth game in three, fifteen days or something. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's a busy month. Yeah, it's a busy month, and they're, they're, clearly there was some leg laggy uh, legs or whatever you want to call it on the thing, so on the field. So I I don't see a problem with the way they played. Luckily, they were able to snatch a point out of it, but mm. yeah. We almost handed KC all three points. So just uh, another insipid attacking performance. Mm-hmm. There's, just, there's just nothing there. We gave up a poor goal. It was from a, another mistake. We couldn't take advantage of being up a man for 20 minutes. Then we le- lose the Neil Henry to an injury that reduced us to 10 men, yeah. so it's 10 v 10. Somehow salvaged a point at the death when it looked like all hope had gone. General feeling from the players coming out of it, though, listening to some of the the talk and some stuff on Twitter, they feel it would have been criminal not to have taken anything from that match. Do you agree with that? Did they deserve at least a point? How were you feeling coming out of it? Well, I mean, DC's equaliser... Something to marvel at. Yeah, more than, or at least worth a point, right? So in that sense, yeah, I I can understand why they would have felt hard and mind if that shot had been stopped or just missed the target or whatever. But the performance as a whole? I don't think they did not I don't don't think the performance as a whole deserved it. This scenario, sure. Mm. Bad team uh, sending off, a very good, appropriate sending off. Um, But yeah, I... I I didn't think the performance but itself. Kansas it. City has a system, and the system is a plug and play system, where everybody knows what they're supposed to do, and so that's why they're able to stay, um, like even deal with injuries like yeah. this. And hopefully, in the future, when Vancouver does deal with injuries like that, they'll have a same similar system where people know what they wanted people to do, and they come in, and you don't have to worry about it. We've talked, and about- that's what essentially DeSantos wants to do as well. We talked about it in the past, right? That's Peter Vermees' approach. He only brings in players who are used to playing the, the way that they want to play. So they'll literally, they'll, they won't bring in players from clubs that play drastically different than them. Yeah. That's part of their, their the ethos of how they go about it. They things. have an identity, yes. which is something the Whitecats have struggled for for seasons. Hopefully, under MDS, we will have that identity. Yeah. But that doesn't come overnight. It takes no. time to build that. I think there was an identity before people just didn't like it. 
True. I, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the on-field stuff. I mean, the off-field oh, yeah. and who the club is, there's yeah. obviously still issues with that. But Yeah, defensive midfield was the identity of that. <laughs> Stack as many of those in the squad as you can. They still do that. Yeah, we could maybe have done with a, a couple of better ones. On Wasn't the there three on, on in Kansas City? In theory. All right. Why, why do you say in theory? Because they did not do a defensive midfield role very well. Oh, okay. And the Casey goal came from a giveaway from one of them. Felipe's pocket picked just inside the Caps half. Dispossessed quite easily, but a poor pass from Andy Rose yeah, to him I to, was gonna say, to begin with. Uh, there's a couple of things with that. One is, yeah, I think you need to critique the pass as much as you critique the the, the attempt to receive the pass. And having watched it from a couple different angles now, I, I think that there is a, even though he went down easy, there is very much a shout for a foul on the play because it's shoulder into back, right? Mm. It's a player going into his back. Okay, maybe the contact contact isn't crazy, uh, or sorry, like in, crazy intense, but I, I think he's going down ex- expecting expecting a call because of where, how and where the contact comes. Yeah, but KC, th- their reaction was so quick. Yeah. Benny Failhaber gets the ball, sets Johnny Russell free, and acres of room. Bears down and goal, Max Chapeau and another big save, but the rebound couldn't have fallen really any better for Christian Nimitz. He awaited Daniel's slide. Yeah, yeah. see, that's that's a good player to, to know that the defender's going to commit himself, takes his time, cool finish. Not such a cool head from him, though, six minutes into the second half. Yeah, talking, we talked earlier about a striker's challenge. Yeah, oh, man. That was a bad bad time that was brutal I mean there's no complaint it was a red card you see the replay Felipe's ankle bends it's it was like a, le- it was like a leg breaker was, immediately yeah. Nemeth knew he was going to get a red yeah, card yeah he put up his hand right yeah. away kind of like oh, please don't give me a red card I'm sorry but Felipe said today that he thinks he'll be in the mix for New York Red Bulls it's not as bad as you as you were thinking but it looked bad at the time no but, it doesn't matter how bad it hurt him or not it was a horrendous challenge oh yeah you can't, like, that can't happen. Yeah. And, of course, KC now lose him. And yeah. they're, they're short of personnel as it is. So, But Whitecaps, up a man, 39 minutes left to play. It gave us an initial spurt. We kind of took the game to KC, but then after we didn't seem to know what to do. Yeah, once the they got to it, that's the problem. Yeah. But part of it wasn't it they adjusted the formation a bit, right? That's where the substitutions came in. Yes. I, uh, which were, which were good in one sense, but then with Danielle going down, really hindered I, things. I mean, that's just just like Sword's Law. You make your final sub, and then seconds later, yeah. who's saw goes down to it? injury. Like Murphy? It's Murphy's Law. Yeah, it's yeah. the equivalent of Murphy's Law for Scottish people. Yeah. I, I, I felt if the Caps got one, they'd go on and get a second. It just didn't feel that they were going to get that one. No. That, that, was, the, that was the big problem. Yeah. But they got it in the end, somehow. Great finish, Derek Cornelius. He is a former striker. About three years ago, made the transition to defender. Steve talked to him about that before the season when he, he had that chat with him in, in February. Beautiful finish. Nice. Everything about it was great. But from a KC point of view, why are you leaving a guy in acres of room yeah. who, was, 10 yards from goal? It was Gutierrez or something like that? Why One of them. He was with them right at that point. Then when Ali got the ball, uh, which was a nice cross from him too, uh, as soon as he got the ball, he just kind of drifted away from Derek Cornelius thinking, why am I going to mark a center back? What's he going to do yeah. in the box? 
And uh, it's a great. I mean, maybe if he kept making those finishes when he was a striker, he would have stayed a striker, and now moves to the center back. Uh, but it was a fa- you're right, it's a fantastic finish. Got it out of Melia's grasp, but Melia couldn't make any move to it. So it was, yeah, perfect finish. Well, whenever you vol, you know, whenever you volley like that, and it's like on target, like on target, it's gonna be, it's gonna cause the keeper a problem, especially with that, that from that close in and with that much pace. It, it could have even been even closer to him and still, still gone in, right? Yeah. Like. I mean, great finish. A, a great point, really, because you're you're taking a point against a team that's going to be around you in the playoff push, whilst not really playing very well, yeah. and you're still in the mix whilst not really playing very well. So, but doesn't Kansas have like two? Are they two points behind but have two games in hand or something, yeah. something like that? Yeah. But it's still a point on the road. It is good. And true, coming true. coming to our good, bad, and ugly now, uh, another good aspect of it was. The defensive play continues to be good. Yeah, the the only goals they give up is like a mistake by the midfield. It seems like or a mistake. I think by... half the goals Cripo's given up seem to be to penalties. Yeah, it is. I think so. You think you're right. right. There was there wasn't a lot defensively wrong on the goal that they gave up because they were doing the high press, and I don't think anyone expected to to lose the ball the way that they lost it. Yeah, a third of the Caps' twelve goals have also been scored by a centre-back, so they're contributing at the other end of the pitch as well. It, that's a strong, solid core for the team. You're expecting additions to the midfield and the attack to come in, so you've got this good defensive core to build upon for the second half of the season. So, I mean, that, that bodes well. Yes, they're building well from the back. It's just a matter of now finding the right midfielders and attackers to to kind of fill out the squad. Yeah, and this is the, I think that's the normal approach of a football club: build solidly out of the back, and 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 get that right. And and if the the attack can come a little bit slower, I mean, people won't like that, and they obviously they don't here in general. But uh, yeah, I think there is a, a bit of a what feels like a, a more firm foundation now than maybe you would have felt earlier in the in the in the season. And another good aspect to come out of this: the, the fighting spirit of the team again. We've seen it in the past with Whitecaps teams. They go a goal down and their heads go down and you feel they're not getting back in this. This team has a never-give-up attitude. We've seen it in a number of games now. Fighting to the end of the games. You saw what that goal meant to Derek Cornelius, but to the whole squad. Big celebration. Yeah, and we've been coming up big in the the closing stages of some games and it's great to see. For sure, no head uh, slouching, no slouching of the shoulders. They don't like saunter back to on defense. They're constantly stand for that. Yeah, they're constantly running back on on defense, even when they're down a couple goals. Even, Um, yeah, it's 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 something that can they can build on, and when it gets to crunch time, it'll help them uh, in in the later stages once they hopefully improve the talent of the club. Now, moving on to the bad aspect, Daniel Henry's injury. Left hamstring strain. Mm. We don't know how serious it is. Manu Veth tweeted a, a interesting thing out today yeah. about this like three tiers of hamstring strains yeah. that it could be. Could be out for days, weeks, months, depending on how yeah, it falls in. The stage, yeah. it, it appears he went into this feeling a little bit tight. The commentators talked about they didn't even know if the game was going to go on because of all the thunderstorms and stuff. So Mark DeSantos was... Not sure whether to risk him if it was going to go ahead on the Saturday. They decided to, and right away, 
after he made the tackle, and it was a great tackle on mm-hmm. Johnny Russell, mm-hmm. another big, big tackle from Henry, right away he's kind of pulling up. And even when you see him on the bench, when the goal goes in, he's he not getting stand up, up to celebrate. No. So, I mean, that's maybe a worrying well, sign. He's, he's not I think, anything. I think, I think he had the, probably ice strapped onto his yeah. leg right away. It's precautionary so, yeah. anyway. But you just want it not to be serious not just for the white cats but for canada yeah, as well goal, in the gold I, cup. I, i'm gutted for him yeah for the gold cup i know how much he was looking forward to to being a part of this gold cup squad and to being a part of obviously what what's happening with the canadian men's national team at this point in their history at, at least it, there is it's good it's, depth there for canada but, no, but center back is one no of center back is their one, one of the weakest spot yes but you had james edgar we do but well i don't consider edgar a solid center back at this no, point center back is probably Probably the weakest in terms of depth, and he has an opportunity to kind of put his stamp on the position for a, a, at least a while. Going well, he's still, forward. I mean, it's still a good couple of weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, it might not be that bad a strain. We might not see him though in the next couple of games. It gives Derek Cornelius his chance. Mm-hmm. Kamiri's still not at yeah, a stage of we, coming in. We need him to get. But he's not. Apparently, he's he's just still doing rehab and not yeah. even ready to even. We do have training. Brendan McDonough as yeah. well. Might be a bit of a risk throwing him in, but because yeah, choice. Must. Well, because my, my understanding is Danielle would be going to the Gold Cup one hundred percent, assuming he's fit. Yes, I don't know about DC. Yes, yeah, that's that, true. Goal, that goal may have just pushed him no. into the but mix. That, how but, bad is that for Vancouver then? If you have both of them away and Camuri's not ready, but the only the also oh, yeah. the the other issue would be that uh, um, James, I think he missed some of the qualifiers as well, or the League of Nations Cup. I can't remember. Yeah, he didn't play here because he was hurt as well. So I don't know what his status is at this point. Right. Either. Mm. Could all get ugly. And talking of the ugly side, we'll be back talking about that in part two. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. The shop assistants there train to Kansas City. Don't know how long it took the Whitecaps to fly to Kansas City, but I think getting the train probably would be a bit too long. Still want to go and, and see the stadium. It looks a, a great stadium. It's one of the stadiums in MLS I do want to go and see. There was not a lot of people there. No, wasn't a lot of people I think at a the, lot of MLS games again I think this weekend. For the Kansas City, I heard it was a lot of the people see away because of the thunder, uh, yeah. the lightning strikes and everything Oh, yeah, like I saw someone tweet about that. They're yeah. saying away because of the weather, right? Yeah. Although my wife did come in and say, oh, that's a good crowd. I meant, no, you're just used to watching me watching games where there's nobody at. Because yeah. we, we'd been watching some CPL games and stuff. I get to pick all the music this week. Steve hasn't had a chance to... To pick music for the show, so very, all, all the songs are mine. So this is your apology to people? Yeah. Ahead of time? Well, I had a very busy weekend, so there was yeah. no time to do it at all. Steve actually thinks the songs he picks makes the podcast. I just replaced them with mine anyway, <laughs> but we, we like to make him think. I, I, we don't. 
We keep your son, Steve. But I wouldn't know, anyways. Talking, <laughs> of, <laughs> talking of Steve, <laughs> let's move on to the ugly side of football. <laughs> or the ugly side of the white caps. The midfield. Oh, I thought we were talking off the pitch stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> it's been a quiet week for that. Yeah, so I know for what. We're, we're not covering that too much tonight. There's a lack of creativity. We've kind of talking about it every single week. In Bom Huang has been out of form, dropped to the bench for the KC game. He hasn't looked great in the last few matches. He came on, he didn't look that great again. The trouble, though, is he's been the only guy that's shown what you want from the midfield. And if he's out of form or he's not performing, there's, there's no one. I don't think it's. I don't. I, if you come in, I don't think it's out of. Uh, he's uh, out of form. As is the question. I think it's how much he is just probably got no legs left. Mm-hmm. He played a full season with the Korean team, jumped right into the Asian Cup, came right to the Whitecaps after the Asian Cup, and then I think in between there he also played two qualification games or something for Korea as well. Well, good job uh, we've got this three week break. Yeah, oh, I think no, that. Oh I, yeah. Oh, he doesn't have it. Well, since the team are going to play in Korea against his old team, oh, well, that's kind of like a vacation for him. That's not. No, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've heard some people talk about. Oh, like I wonder with all the kind of the mess that has been going on around the, the club as a whole, and including you know the results and all that kind of stuff. I've heard people, you know, you know, think about. You know, uh, would he would he have been better? Or does he does he feel like he missed out on an opportunity in, in playing in in, uh, in Hamburg for Hamburg? Now the thing is, of course, Ha has missed missed out on promotion and on the on the on the playoff. Which seems to really amuse yes, that, that so team's fun. misfortune. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, <laughs> they, they missed out on that, so he would still be in the second Bundesliga. Oh. But but that would to me that's better than MLS, but maybe not to him. You just hope he can refine what we saw at the start of the season soon. And maybe the break will can uh, invigorate him, rejuvenate him, whatever. I mean, we keep talking about the lack of creativity, but what what is behind it? Is it the personnel aren't capable of playing in the system? Or is the personnel just not good enough and we need more quality in the middle of the park? Is that a serious question? Yeah. The, the, the number they, 10 they don't have enough creative people <laughs> that's the bottom like I that's the bottom line number 10. whether you want to call them a 10 even if you're looking at the wingers you've got Venuto and Bangura aren't they're, they're not creative but enough. they're not they're more straight line players they need somebody to feed them the ball and they there's nobody yeah. right now to feed them the ball they're uh it's hard like they just they uh, also they're, they're straight line but they don't have that edge where they have that killer instinct when they're inside the box, the the finishing part, and that's I think that's the biggest problem. They've right shown now. glimpses of it. Oh but yeah, yeah, but, but definitely it's not, not a the consistency. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, the, the, there's not enough creativity in the squad. Like, that's the bottom line. Wait, again, you use whatever numbers you want. There's not enough creativity now. And now maybe that'll come more and more as the things get maybe more solidified at the back or continue to get more solidified at the back, and maybe that'll allow allow things to happen, but. I, yeah, I don't think it's there in the squad, and and up to this point, the uh, willingness to spend on that creativity is is obviously non-existent at the football club. When you have a midfield three of Andy Rose, Russell Tiber, and Felipe, there's not a lot of creativity going to come from that. It's a lot of cooks in the DM kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't. And, and the thing is, playing it, a role that doesn't seem to allow him to. That's, that's to the be weirdest creative. thing about when you have those three is Felipe is the one that's playing the farthest yeah. back. And 
he didn't really seem to enjoy playing that position under Last Robbo. Year, and yeah. when when I spoke to him, he kind of felt that he was a a little bit kind of shackled with his ability to to get forward, and he he couldn't be creative. But the thing is, with with in MDS's system, I've seen Arise uh, move off the pitch quite a bit. Like he'll be in and around the box, not right in the box, but he's right yeah. on the edge of the box. Well, so it's a matter of he's. I think the, that position has a little bit more freedom. In when this we system. were at the preseason, yeah, and Mark DeSantis showed us how he wants the team to play, and he showed us Arise yeah. in the middle of everything, going yeah. forward, back, basically yeah. box to box. Now Arise's out. He did join up with the team in KC, so he might be able to go against Red Bulls on Wednesday. They're going, they're going right to, to New Jersey. No, they, no they're, they're training initially in Monday, Kansas. S- Sunday yeah. and Monday. Yeah, okay, but they're not coming back. This oh, one. no, no, no. That's no, good. No. That's good. Yeah, so they're, they're flying from there. But I mean, how, how big they're a saving, miss is a, a they, receipt They're saving that charter for later. <laughs> yeah, no, he. I, I mean, within this squad, I think he's very important. JJ Adams had a couple of tweets o- over the weekend. Check that out. Heat maps. Heat maps, pass maps, just showing the amount of passes that are going sideways or backwards. Now, it's clearly how MDS is wanting the team to play because otherwise he would be changing this because it's been like this for weeks. It's hard to get anything going, though, when that is what's happening. Can I say one thing about Felipe? Mm-hmm. I think one of there's. I think uh, maybe Manu Veth maybe tweeted out about this, but like, it's been a couple games now where he has performed well, statistically. Yeah. But everyone is ragging on him for this, that, or the other because they're wanting the Felipe they saw at Red Bulls, and that's not the role he's been asked to play. But I do feel it's a waste of his talents. Yeah. That, that, he's, that's, he's, doing that's, the, he's doing the job well that's more of a fair criticism but people here I think like one thing happens and all of a sudden it's like yeah he's over like even again that goal, the goal like I think it's harsh to put that all on him oh no yeah I, I think I think there's a shout for a foul yeah. and there's a yeah they're not, yeah. not going to pass but that, that so that ties into yeah we, how are people being used yeah, so the heat map, the passing charts, all that kind of stuff. Then you see, okay, this when you see it over and over again, it's not like, oh, this is just how a player expressed themselves in this game. It feels like this is intentional as a as a as a way to play. I mean, know the attack is lacking as well. I mean, how long before you throw someone like Theo Baron? He made his first appearance on the bench against Kansas City. I mean, he can't do much worse productivity-wise than we've seen from, say, RDS, who, again, seems to just get himself in the positions and just but the he luck d- just he, avoids. He does work. Like we talked about in the Atlanta game, uh, he he holds up the ball really well. Yeah. It's just a matter of him doing so- – or either him doing something in the box or somebody getting him I the ball I do wonder if he box. gets this goal, is this just going to be the uh, thing could be. that just unleashes could him? Be. But, but it also, I think it's, that it's, players. I think it's the off-the-ball stuff that bugs some people. And, and part of it's body language. It's work ethic, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was a moment in the Atlanta game towards the end where he just was not tracking back at all defensively in, in the closing minutes, and that's annoying. But Especially when you're not a starter. Yeah. <laughs> you think you'd have the energy and to... A few games ago, we saw Jordy Reyna busting I got to get back to to defend, and that that's kind of what you want. But there was a lot of talk going into this season. We we talked about it a few weeks ago, integrating the younger players into the team, and it's something Mark DeSantis said that he wanted to do. But right now, and it was even more difficult a few games ago when they hadn't even got a win. 
it's difficult and it's perhaps not fair to throw young guys into a team that's still kind of figuring itself out, finding its feet. We've also had David Norman, Michael Baldissimo injured. Simon Coline and Theo Bear were away over in England with the U23s. Coline's away with Canada at the, the CONCACAF qualifiers. Well, that's over now. So, yeah. I mean, he's yeah, he's Maybe back now. Yeah. MDS says he wants to give them a shot, but, I mean, it, it isn't fair to throw them in right now when we're still surely struggling to find some kind of identity or form. I think the identity and the form is there. I think the creativity is there. So I don't have a problem with them throwing, been thrown in there because it can't be any worse as long as those players have support around them and they're not mm. surrounded by other young players. If you could throw in one, That's like Colin, yes. you could throw in one player and then make sure yeah. that he's got maybe totally. a Tybert and a Rose and behind him. So for the brief yeah. sort of thing that we've seen of him. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, when I saw the tweet about Theo Bear, I was like, oh, to me it would have been more meaningful, obviously, if he got on. But I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'll look at the full lineup. Because if he had been in there instead of Ardeus, then yeah. that says something. Yeah. But when you just sure. put him on there, it's like, oh, so we can tweet about that we have because a homegrown. Because yeah. gone down, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's hard to get excited about that. Uh, you you hope you – if other players are not performing, both in training and in matches, you hope some of these young players are performing in training and do get opportunities in matches. Well, I mean, from what I've seen at training there – they're up for it, so I think their time will come. In the past, we've seen them all thrown in together in the Canadian Championship. We've talked about how that's not ideal. You, as Steve just said, you need to integrate these players slowly. You need to have them around the actual first-team players. That's how they're going to learn. Expect gradual integration. Vertic- some- vertically. Yeah, it's something Mario DeSantis wants to do. I spoke to him about that a couple of weeks ago. Here's what he said about that. You have a lot of young Canadian players in the squad. How difficult is it for you to try and get these guys integrated in the team and get minutes when the team is trying to get wins and still trying to find chemistry? It's tough, man. It's a great point because it's so tough and you try to find between the balance of winning and you try what what we want to do and this is a big part of what we're doing in 2019 and when you're a winner and you want to win you you suffer a little bit with that is that we know we're very aware that we're establishing a foundation for what we're going to be next and you need a very strong foundation as a team to then put a young player in and slowly make him integrated what is not fair and what has been done maybe in the past or here and in other clubs is that you play a U.S. Open Cup game or a Canadian Cup game and you throw eight kids and then you say, ah, oh, they didn't do well. Yeah, it's tough, you know. Look at the example of the kid Gianluca Buzio in uh, Sporting Kansas mm-hmm. City. He doesn't play when there's five kids that play. He plays alone next to Elias Sanchez, next to Espinosa in a certain game or next to Gutierrez. And then he grows from there. But for that, you need to make sure that your core is very solid. Um, we'll do that to answer your question, but it needs to be the right timing and the right player. Because you still have problem of entitled players that have not played one professional game and they think, ah, I should play based on zero. So that's another type of job that we're doing here to make sure we bring everybody from the world of Alice in Wonderland back to the new, <laughs> the real world that is our world there. 
Marty Santos there talking about the integration of young players and how he wants to see it working here. Of course, if injuries keep up, we might see these young guys have to be thrown in. Two tough games coming up now in, in quick succession. They're staying in, in Kansas City, as we talked about, to train for the Red Bulls and flying to New Jersey for the match. Fly back on Thursday. Not a lot of time then to prepare for Dallas at home on Saturday. It's a brutal travel schedule. It's seems to not be stopping, but no. hopefully we're getting all this out of well, the way no, early. It's increased this year it because the, of the playoff situation. The, the playoff situation, also the Gold Cup break. Um, I think it's like seven games in 21 days, essentially. So, it, Which, to be fair, be that's like what European clubs do. Yeah, you know, in, but in, in a smaller yeah, contained area. No, yeah, the trial, yeah. Well, depending on who you draw in the champion in Europe. Oh, it's true, yeah. I was I was never an issue for his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I got I I prom, I hope so I can't promise. I hope to make it to one of their games soon. Oh, excellent. I I, I saw you questioning my loyalty yeah, on the Twitterverse there. I know he was claiming to be an East Fife fan. I've never seen him at a match. Oh. Let's look ahead to the Red Bulls game on Wednesday. Is this the preview? Yes. No no preview show. No preview show. Oh. No G, no Joe Deasy tonight. I was expecting I know, Joe Deasy. I think he might be away, I'm not sure. Red Bulls had a great 1-0 win for them today at home to Atlanta. Tom Barlow got the winner in the 65th minute. And I know what you're thinking. (laughs) Who the hell is Tom Barlow? Because I had no idea. I had to look him up. First ever MLS goal today in his second appearance. He was with Red Bulls 2 last year. Has played PDL before that. Came out of college. So you're saying if Tom Barlow walked in here with a a shirt that says, I'm Tom Barlow, you would have still wouldn't know who he was. Who's Tom Barlow? (laughs) But the goal came after Timmy Parker was sent off in the 35th minute for denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity. Dogso. No Timmy now facing his old team on Wednesday? Did, did you get a chance to see the sending off? It was a bit soft. It's MLS. Surely they reviewed it multiple times. Probably. Guy was going through... I forget who it was. It, might, it was one of the Martinez's, but I can't remember if it was Pity or Joseph. I think it might have been Pity. And Pity that. Like, Timmy tugged his shirt and tugged him back. But then he goes through, gets a shot off, but he was off balance. So the referee calls it back and gives a free kick at the end of, edge of the box. And then, I like, nothing happens for a few seconds, and all of a sudden he just brings out a red card to everyone's disbelief. So someone, told, was, someone talked in his ear and said... Yeah, I thought it was harsh. Well, no, but it was, I, I, he was the last man. And he no, no, because off. the thing is, uh, it's probably the whoever was the VAR official or the fourth official said, if you're going to call it a foul, yeah. you yeah, have to give him to a be, red card. he was the last man. Otherwise, but, don't call it a foul. And if you're tugging the jersey. Yeah, happens a you, lot. You're asking for trouble. Yeah. Wasn't that your sh- the show, Tugged at Halftime? Pulled off. Pulled off. Yes. Everyone enjoys that. The 10 men, though, of, of Red Bull started enough to, to knock out the MLS champs, which our 11 men couldn't do. How, how concerned are you going into this one? It's 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 difficult because they are playing. They're not, like, traveling, but they are, it's good, they're going from Sunday to Wednesday, um, which is not easy for them. Mm. But uh, And you're hoping that they're on a high beating Atlanta all of a sudden, and then maybe they have a letdown against Vancouver. So that's, that's the hope, the... The optimistic way to look at it. Is it one of the closed door matches that they host at Dead Bull <laughs> Arena or are they going to allow people <laughs> inside for this one? No, I, the Dead Bull, like, I'd be shocked if Dead Bull doesn't uh, w- win. Like, I mean, yeah, they're they're at home, it's midweek, they've had less travel. Well, I mean, they're another team as well that's turned their fortunes around. Four wins in the last five now. They've climbed up the table. 
They had a five-game winless streak, and we've talked so many times, you just string a, a little run together, they're now up to sixth in the East. 17 points from 12 matches, five wins, five defeats, two draws. 17 goals for, 14 against, so not high-scoring games. Yeah, they're not blowing anybody away. But 12 different scorers. Yeah. So far, that's like incredible. Yeah. No Timmy Parker, I think, helps Vancouver, but... I think look, looking at who's performed this year, the danger man, if you can call me that, is Daniel Royer, who's got two goals and three assists, but there's nobody if, really... It's a team effort. Yeah. Bradley Ware Phillips is not having a great year. No, but he's no, a guy yeah. that you just you like, can't you never take know. for granted because exactly. he just needs a sniff. Yeah, he could make a hat-trick. Yeah. And, like, yeah he... But it makes it difficult as well because... They are getting production from all over, so you can't just say focus, focus on this, yeah. focus on that. What what do you see the Caps doing for this one? How much change do they make? I think they will make uh, a few changes because they're going from, they're going from Saturday to Wednesday. I think they'll make a few, but not too many. I think you'll definitely you should be seeing Sutter in the lineup. I think they will give Jake a rest, even though Jake, I think that's his. Kind of his hometown, so I don't know if that's, that's going to play a factor. I see maybe Jake Wednesday, Saturday. Possibly. You have to think it's going to be one and one, one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then I I think you I don't think Henry's going to be in there, so there you got Cornelius yeah. coming in for that. I think they keep Crapo because why wouldn't you want to? Yeah, yeah uh, I think you just ride him now yeah. to, the, to the break. Yeah, I think DC replaces Speaking of riding to the break, Adnan's definitely not going anywhere. He's going to be playing every single minute yeah. he can. Until he falls away. Oh, in- interesting thing, just talking falls about Ali Adnan. Falls off or whatever. And a little hat tip to our friend Harjit Jahal is today who kind of picked up on this. The Whitecaps are advertising their summer camps. And the August date has a picture of two players that will be at it. One of them being Ali Adnan. Huh. Whose loan deal, of course, ends at the end of June. Oh, maybe so. they're do- maybe they're doing the the wrestling thing card subject to change. <laughs> maybe that or it, there's another loan deal signed up because I can't see them paying. Mm. An interesting one. It looks like we may have them at least for the the whole season. It may, it would make sense if his uh, who, who who's his uh, home team who's in Syria. Ah, I know, the, but it, the, the Italian league Syria. Ah, I want <laughs> to say is Udinese. Yes. And he was with yeah. Atalanta. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Udinese is his parents. Right. Yeah. Um, so maybe uh, they know they got a guy until the end of the year, and then they're willing to let Adnan spend until January, and then they'll call him, bring him back or something. I don't know. We'll see what yeah, happens. An interesting one to watch. Might just be a, a slight typo or a mistake. If they do... Whitecaps don't do that. Though. If they if they do the loan, and they know that the season ends in... Uh, for the Whitecaps, probably October. October. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he can return to his uh, team in Italy oh, yeah. without, like, yeah. he doesn't have to clear uh, anything because no. it's a loan. As soon as the loan ends, uh, you come back, right? Uh, David Norman, well, maybe. maybe. David Norman came back whenever he wanted, like, when he, the thing was over. Oh, oh, but he wasn't eligible just because of the roster freeze. I think it's, no, Steve, I think what it is, it has to do with when the window is open in the country that the players I know, but this is a loan. You could call back a loan anytime you want, I thought. No, but tech. I thought you could. We'll we'll check with that. Yeah. Let's not get too much into that. A lot of people I've seen talking though on Twitter with what Steve suggested a few weeks back about playing Ali further up the pitch. And if we do switch to three five two, that would be an option. Yeah. I really thought we would have gone three five two against KC or five three two. I just thought that would have made sense. And I think they kind of tried that in the second half when they brought Cornelius right. on. Yeah. But what if you put a Sutter with Godoy and um, Cornelius if Henry can't go? 
As a three? As a three. That seems terrifying. I is it? Yeah. Sutter is kind of a taller player, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. I don't know if he's ever played that, though. But he's playing like a right back, center back kind of thing. He's not playing really in the middle. I mean, if Arisi is fit to go, I think you'll see Arisi slot oh, in. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, it's tough because we're kind of getting down to the bare bones. I, I think they play Chuck def- RDS. No, I, I think they play defensive. And I, I think RDS could be a shout because they want to hold up the I, play. I think Joaquin starts. I don't see... For Freddy or beside Freddy? I think in replace of the Colombian. They, I, I don't see the Colombian playing these three games. I, th- I think they, games. Save him, I say, they save him for Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking at the two games, the Dallas one for me is the way more important because it's Western Conf- yes. Conference opposition. They're ahead of us in the yeah. standings. And it's these at, are the it's games at home. Want, it's at home. These are the games you want to win. So I'm not saying throw away the Red Bulls game, but this could be your chance to kind of put a young... Lineup out there or or whatever. Not young lineup, but you could put one player. Integrate slowly, Integrate vertical. Slowly. What what's your predictions then for the two games? I'll go zero zero in New York. St- still, you optimistic. are really optimistic because I'm thinking, no goals against. Wow, I, I think not, not even I, a penalty. I believe in Cripple. I believe in Max, and I will go. That two, could be a new T-shirt. I, I believe in Cripple. A two-one uh, win against Dallas. I think they get uh, four points out this week. Wow. I think it's more like 3-1 dead bull, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say that. And I think something like 2-2 two, two against Dallas. I'm going to go 3-0 to New York, 1-1 one, one with Dallas. I, I, I honestly think when teams are on a hot streak in MLS, there's a game that they're going to fall apart. And like for example, LAFC, when they had, were on that major hot streak, right. there was a banana peel, and this is a banana peel for New York because they just came off a big game against. Atlanta. We are good at knocking folk off their streaks. Yeah, but I just don't think. Years. I don't think Vancouver has like the momentum. I don't think they have. Well, that's why we never go on a streak. Well, Vancouver, we don't want to get knocked off. Anymore. Vancouver never has momentum. They always yeah. come out a game yeah, and don't ever go on a streak. But also the the players who they cancel, who are either cancel for sure, or who are questionable, it's too significant. Yeah, tough. I. This this break can't come soon enough for me. Just in general, I just kind of want a little break from them. Too much football, man. But we're going to be back talking about more football and MLS in general after this. Hi, I'm Maxim Kripo from the Vancouver Whitecaps and you're listening to the EFTN Show. Hello. What are you trying to do to me? This is not a photo opportunity But if I say no, I'm sorry, I have somewhere to be And I open myself up for scrutiny Slaves Love me some slaves that's why we talk so much about MLS. That's what the player contracts are like in my mind. You are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. 
and slaves are our artists of the month for me. Only one more song to come from them. I know you're disappointed by that. Do you know what else is disappointing? Wando Watch is over. <laughs> it took so many games, but it all oh, happened in one game. Didn't think it was ever going to be over at this rate, but he's only been and gone and done it. Chris Wondolowski. You just needed to play against a generous team like yes. the Chicago Fire. I, I think he needs to buy David Oustead a drink. I think so. Because David Oustead helped him get in the record books. Wando headed into San Jose's match on Saturday against Chicago, needing one goal to tie since last Landon se- Donovan. Since last season, Mexicans <laughs> Landon Donovan. The all-time MLS leading goal scorer <laughs> with 145 goals. He needed two to break it. Then thanks to David Oustead, he got four. Well, it wasn't all thanks to David Oustead. It was thanks to David Oustead, though, that he got the goal that broke the record. Wando tied it in 21 minutes when he broke it three minutes after halftime and David Oustead dropped the ball right at his feet. Then added two more, just as cherry on top of the cake in the 74th and 76 minutes. So right now, the all-time goal-scoring record stands at 148 and counting. Come on, Kai Kamara. Ah, he might. You never know. I'm pleased for Wondolowski. Mainly pleased because Donovan no longer has it, but... I concur. Wondo's been a, a good player for MLS. He's been loyal to MLS. He's been loyal to San Jose. And it's nice that he did it at home. But he's also very humble about it. And just want to play some of the audio now from Saturday of just him talking about breaking the record after the match. How you guys doing? How are you? <laughs> I'm uh, very happy right now. It's, uh, yeah. You know, I always pictured, you know, hitting a 30-yard blast from uh, going up or 90. Didn't really picture the goalkeeper dropping it and tapping it in, but, uh, you know, <laughs> take it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I Honestly, I'm just having fun right now. It's uh, it's kind of rejuvenated and um, just reignited this passion and, uh I'm really having fun right now. To be honest, I've probably crashed in on every shot like that probably a thousand times. And 999 times, he catches it and holds it, and you know I have to run back. And this one time, I saw it come to the ground and was able to just get a toe on it. And uh, excitement, uh, pure joy. It's it was amazing to be able to celebrate it with the team, with the subs right there. You know, being a part of them the last few games. I we all know how important the goal is and. Everyone's celebrating the goal the exact same. And, uh, you know, whether it's the coaching staff, you see how much joy they have on the sideline. And, um, again, just to be right there. And I, I think I've it's been so long and so many games where I've promised a handshake or a hug to each person. So, I had, uh, you know, my daughters, I wanted to, Andy Dunbar, equipment guy, wanted to give them a hug too. And so not enough to go around, but it was uh, it was pretty special. You know, it's just nice to have it, have it done. Um, but it's still so surreal that I get a message from Landon Donovan, you know, that he even knows my name. It's still crazy and boggles my mind, you know, uh, that that's the level, you know. And um, again, to see, uh, I got some messages after the game and uh, on the video board and those guys, you know, that are, you know, again, know my name and talking to me and uh, congratulating me. It's it's amazing. It's, uh, it's still surreal. It still hasn't sucking in. I'm not sure when it will or if it, if it will, you know, until I'm even more gray and a lot older. And uh, it's, uh, um, but it's, it's 
pretty cool. It's special. Chris Wondolowski there talking about breaking the record. As I said, it was great that he did it in front of his home fans. And yeah, just humble, nice to hear. Not so pleased, though, about San Jose finding their form. Wondo talked about himself feeling rejuvenated this year, and the whole team seems to be now. One loss in the last six, three wins and a draw in amongst that. It's taken Mateus Almeida a little bit of time to find his feet with the team. They seem to now be kind of like, I don't want to say firing on all cylinders, but a big improvement to what we saw at the start of the season They've jumped ahead of the Whitecaps in the standings, and it's just really not what we were needing. Yeah, but this is this could be for them a small blip. Uh, well, you got to see over the long haul whether they could keep this up. Because uh, I mean, Almeida is a good coach. One of their opponents was Colorado, so take that right off the of the board. Oh, I don't know. Are they turning the corner? Now? No, they're not. They just there was no Latin <laughs> they were playing today. Whitecaps finished the weekend ninth in the West, three points off the playoff spots, which still very much in touch. And as I talked about, we know we've got some serious deficiencies in the attack in the midfield. If we can get up to this summer transfer window, still in the mix, still not a yeah. lot back, I think we've got a good chance of, of making a run if we get the right pieces in place. I think I think there's I think they're gonna be, yeah, what, anywhere from I think they'll be within six six to nine points. Yeah, and that in MLS is anything easy to, to close down. I mean, we could have been in a Colorado situation of just not getting anything. But likewise, we've had some bad calls go against us. We could have these points that's got us in the playoff spots. Midweek, it's a lot of games this week. Midweek matches, Whitecaps lost, so did Dallas. Seattle and LAFC won. Houston and Portland played out a one all draw. And the most notable thing in that, though, was the Timbers equaliser was from Brian Fernandez, getting his first MLS goal on his debut. He said he was going to score on his debut, and he did. Kind of thankful he didn't qualify to, to make the trip to, to Vancouver just the week before. The other big thing coming out of the midweek games, the other Cascadian team, Sounders, yep, they won 2-1 at home to Orlando, but... Jordan Morris went off injured. Mm-hmm. He missed all of last year with his ACL injury. This is a hamstring injury. Brian Schmitz has said it wasn't that serious, but he was getting sent for an MRI. And I haven't seen that they've announced the outcome of that, but... Isn't Marshall also down right now for them? Well, could you be signed out? All these other defenders and That's stuff true. that they've done. But if Morris is out, I mean, he... He started the season good, and he has been in a little bit of a dip, so it's maybe not as big a loss as it was yeah. going since, to have ever been. Ever since against the Vancouver uh, Whitecaps, the, the game he played against them, he hasn't done anything since then. The, those first few games, he was really yeah. on fire. And I know he plays for a rival and stuff, and you don't really want to see a young player out injured too much, but you do worry when a young guy has injury after injury, like Sam could be here. You kind of worried a little bit from him. He seems to have oh, been good and, fine, and yeah. got over that. But when when they hit that spell, you, you yeah. just got this thing of like you look at someone like Christian Dean. Not only does it uh, hurt them, obviously, uh, because they, they are they're injured, but it hurts their development. Mm. And that's the they're not able to get to that next level because they're just trying I mean, to it's maintain such long injuries yes, as well. It's, exactly, it's tough as well. But that's that, what happened to Daniel Henry. 
He's out yeah. there. He tears his knee, and then he has to come back here. He's not able to develop in England and get to that next level. Yeah, and I mean, he is another one you kind of worry. He does seem to be a little bit prone to injury. Although, an interesting thing about that, I meant to mention that, we seem to be getting an awful lot of hamstring injuries this year, or hamstring strains, and it's been quite a lot of players out. We've had this last season as well, and I think the season before. So I don't know whether... Is it just with playing on the turf? Is it something in the training or the physical side of it that's that's leading to this? Who it's, knows? It's, well, it's, 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 the hamstring injuries usually happen because the, there's a lot, uh, you know, more cramping in it. Yeah, some of it's dehydration. Yeah, dehydration. So, but remember, uh, the LAFC people said that the quality of the BC Place turf, in their opinion, had seriously deteriorated from what it was last year. I think, was that not the LA Galaxy people? No, I think it was LAFC. Oh, no, it was was LAFC because it was Bradley, yes. LA Galaxy didn't mind it because they won. Another key player, though, actually talking of LA Galaxy, that is out in the West just for two matches, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, handed a two-game ban by Disco for violent conduct in the Galaxy's game last weekend at home to NYCFC for, I think it was a Vulcan neck pinch on Sean Johnson, when I first saw it, I was like, what? He doesn't really do anything to merit a two-game ban. But then when you see the other angle, he definitely pinches Johnson's neck. He's had a few of these kind of little dirty bastard moments this season. He's got that in his game. Sometimes you think, being who he is, it doesn't get punished. So it's actually nice to see a two-game ban handed out to a player like Zlatan in a case like that. That said, though... We've talked about it, others have talked about it. Can the Galaxy play without Zlatan? Well, luckily for them, their first game without him was against Colorado Rapids, so nothing to worry about there. Rapids, terrible. Galaxy at home. What could possibly go wrong? An 82nd minute goal from Andre Shinyashiki. That's what went wrong, as did my pronunciation of that. 1-0 victory for the Rapids today. Their first win of 2019, and talking about poor crowds, that was an awful crowd for that game. Yes, they're not playing a good team. Yes, it's a long weekend, but I haven't seen a crowd like that for a Galaxy match that's not a midweek one, so it's a little bit surprising. I'll be totally honest. When I turned on the broadcast today, I thought the game was in Colorado. (laughs) So did I. And then (laughs) I saw the Galaxy sort of banner, and I was like, oh, "Oh." I think it was partly fools because I fooled because I think there was a Dick Sporting Goods advertisement up on one of the boards. Uh, five Western teams though won this weekend: RSL, San Jose, Minnesota, Houston, and Colorado. Whitecaps were one of five teams to draw. KC obviously, Seattle, Dallas, and LAFC. Only one team lost in the West: LA Galaxy. Not a good week for the Whitecaps. You want all these teams to lose if possible, except when they play each other. That's impossible. RSL, though, they were the surprise winners for me. Well, I guess Colorado were the surprise winners. But that aside, RSL destroyed TFC 3-0. Again, not a great crowd, although it did start to fill up as the, yeah. the game went on a little bit. The biggest bit. issue, with, I watched that game. TFC, they, defensively, they just looked horrible. Yeah. 
Yeah, they really were really bad. Bad, man. It was a bad game. Then Pozuelo got all bent out of shape. Oh, yeah. he got a red, a red second yellow. Second yellow, second which yellow. was just a frustration tackle. Yeah. Like it was just like he was nipping at him the yeah. whole way along. It's just, and he's like, I'm just gonna have a kick. Yeah. RSL though, back to back wins for them now. Four wins in the last six, and they're in the seventh and final playoff spot. Are they the real deal, Michael? I don't know. At home they are. They're away from home, I'm not sure. They're not Evander Holyfield, I don't think. Okay. But they have a game in hand in Vancouver, and they're three points ahead of Vancouver. Early in the season, things getting a little bit concerning, though. LAFC, they've got a bizarre schedule this year. We talked about the weirdness of playing at home to Seattle and then being away at Seattle two teams battling at the top and you think surely you'd want to split those up even worse this week where they played home and away against Dallas in the space of four days yeah <laughs> how do you come up with that as a schedule I don't know it's just baffling to me today was the one all draw where Carlos Vela had to salvage a point with an 80th minute penalty against 10 man Dallas and who was that 10 who was that man sent off Canadian loyal oh. well he, he did qualify for Canada we think Someone told him that he did, and he, yeah. was, he was kind of looking into it. Matt Hedges was sent off. He's going to miss the trip to Vancouver next Saturday. Is, is oh, that, that a benefit gonna, at all? <laughs> well, that's going to hurt the national team. He won't get his days in Canada mm-hmm. if he wants to qualify. But no, yeah, I th- we'll look at that. Two straight games, one no Parker and one no Hedges. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be just uh, flowing the offense through that middle of the park. <laughs> Good job our offense is so potent right now. A couple of things I want to talk about out east in MLS, which we don't usually talk too much about, but Bruce Arena, back in the league, with New England, good old Droopy. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be fun to talk to. The new Revs sporting director and head coach. And he replaced uh, two of his former uh, players that he coached before. Yeah. Oh. Mike Burns and Brad Friedel. I did not know that. Yeah. He's not taken over officially, though, until June 2nd. And it didn't really have too much of an immediate impact because they only drew 0-0 at Montreal. But I guess in a waypoint, it's better than they've been doing. It's a huge bump. Now, Arena, he's one of those guys, he's been there, he's done it international level, but in MLS. Yeah, he got the US knocked out of the World Cup. Yeah, big fan. Been there, done it. Big fan of him. That's what everyone wants. Won a lot of admirers in CONCACAF for that. (laughs) But in MLS, he's got teams to seven MLS Cup finals, and he's won five of them. Oh, yeah, there's that. So he does know what to do in the league. It feels, at least this season, a little bit of a lost cause in New England. Can he turn things around? Does he have this magic wand? No, because in the other uh, places, I think he had quite a bit of support from ownership. Uh, The New England team does not... They have big, uh, bigger priorities, essentially. Well, the, the, no happy but endings maybe, for <laughs> for this season. Maybe the oh man, maybe this will that'll change with Rosarina. Like yeah. that, that you, could be if, it. If you if you support New England, this has to be what you're thinking that maybe someone like Bruce Arena will be able to get yeah. get them to spend on the squad. There's always this ongoing talk of can they move into the city of Boston as opposed <laughs> to a way out yeah. there in Foxborough. Um, I mean, there's a the, the stadium is just not no. suited 
for well, it's not suited for soccer in a lot of reasons, but for the crowd, it's just it's dreadful. I wonder, does he like get like the like, more like MLS original teams he coaches? Does he get like more pension, or does he get like uh, is, is there, like, there, is there a card they, they put a stamp on it? When he, I kind of think he's maybe doing this for a paycheck. He, uh, he knows he's gonna get fired soon because <laughs> nobody ever stays there that long. I, I mean, if he turns this Revs team around, that's impressive. One other thing in, in the East I wanted to mention, it, it was a today's game. Um, Alan Koch clearly wasn't the issue in Cincinnati because <laughs> oh, yeah. they lost 5-1 to Orlando. Yeah. Um, I was quite pleased about that. <laughs> so essentially there was no maximization of no. Uh, of talent there today. It's, it, I, I think it's down to the culture. Though. That's just just <laughs> me personally. I don't know where I, I got I haven't heard. From. I haven't heard that before. No. I, it was in my head for the some culture reason. The culture in the front office. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And owners. Maybe they just need to trade all their players. Maybe they need to make a move for David Akam because apparently he just gets traded every week because he's been traded again, this time to a team that's not even playing. Nashville for 2020. Although he's staying with Columbus for the rest of this year. So Columbus get him for this year and 450000 in various that, allocation money. That's a good deal. That is because I think Akam's on a downward spiral in they, MLS. I think they only paid four hundred for him. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. You so get they, a player and you make a profit. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it was. It, uh, did anyone else feel this was a little bit like the Alain Rochat thing, ah. where like the the club who moved him really His didn't wife's do enough. Pregnant? No, they didn't do enough. Oh. They didn't do enough work to figure out the best deal possible, kind of thing. It's just. It's and weird. he he went when he w- was traded from Chicago to Philadelphia. He went for one point three million. In yeah, he was one of those money. early. His, high. Yeah. his stock is matching his form. It's just yeah. sliding big time. But remember, Nashville will have all that extra funny money to play with. So for them, maybe this is not that four fifty is not that big a deal, right? Yeah, because he he, he can. When he's on form, he can be dynamic. When he's kind of middle of the road, he can stretch defenses. I mean, he he was good at first. He's just yeah. maybe he's just needing the right players around him. <laughs> you could say that about a lot of teams. But that is it for our MLS roundup. We will be back with our NASL soccer ball look and some CPL chat after this. Hi, I'm Carl Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN podcast. Masquerade, masquerade, by Fife's finest, The Skids, from their Days of Europa album, peaked at number 14 in 1979, made the charts this week in 1979. So you know what that means. It's our time to look back at 1979. In the charts in Canada, The Wonderful Heart of Glass by Blondie was about to be replaced at number one by Village Peoples in the Navy. Big fan of seamen, the Village People. In the UK, though, 
Blondie were about to hit number one with Sunday Girl, another quality tune. Reunited by Peaches and Herb was still number one in the US. In movies, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure was released this week on May 18th, 1979. I thought it was a poor sequel. I liked the original. Yeah, the original was good. Went straight to the top of the box office, though, and actually raked in $5.8 million in the US. Because I think at that time, people just, when it was a sequel, it usually was good for money. Nobody really reviewed as much or read reviews. I think that's how we got so many Jaws films, really. Exactly. Film that comes out next week, which we'll talk about, will be one that you'll enjoy. I'll give you a clue. Oh, I know. Hmm. Good for folk listening at home <laughs> yeah. with my, my charades here. So in amongst it was good all, acting. That was yeah, good acting. In amongst all of this, the White Cats were playing host to Philadelphia Fury. 2-0 win for them. Willie Johnston got two assists. Kevin Hector scored one in the first half. Trevor Weimark in the second. An interesting one in this, though. Playing against the White Caps for the Philadelphia Fury oh, was I know. Alan Ball. Yeah, I saw your article. Yeah. And... He played another couple of games for Philadelphia before being sold to the Whitecaps. Yet yeah, the Whitecaps paid money for players back in 1979. And then he went on to be a key player for the Whitecaps in winning the Soccer Bowl. He won the MVP of the playoffs, got seven goals and nine appearances as well. So one of the players sadly not going to be coming over for the anniversary <laughs> celebrations. The balance, yeah, the Whitecaps have spent money on no less than two players in 2019 in Venuto and uh, in bomb. Well, there we go. <laughs> it's uh, a big change from the days of 1979. What year did uh, the... <laughs> The Philadelphia side uh, relocate to Ottawa. Well, talking of Ottawa Fury, a Canadian club, maybe we'll see them in the Canadian Premier League one day. Probably not the way or, things are going, but maybe. Or, or a different, or, clo- a different or club in Ottawa. Ottawa. Based in Ottawa. Yeah. Get to our CPL roundup. Actually, I tell you someone who we will be seeing in the CPL by the looks of it next year, or 2021, Alex Bunbury tweeted out today that he hopes to have news soon on not one, but two Montreal Quebec teams. and Quebec City, yeah. So Laval looks yeah. to be the Le- Montreal Laval, one. right? Yeah. Just off. And Quebec it's City. A, it's a suburb of Montreal, if I'm yeah. I, I love Quebec City. Yeah. Spent a couple of days there in the 90s. It's beautiful. It's beautiful very city. European, isn't it? It reminded me so much of Edinburgh. Yeah. yeah it's very like walled cities yeah. and castles. And old, it's just old, old, the old part of Quebec City, yeah, it's very much cobblestone and like you feel, yeah, it's quite beautiful. Well, no, I just want to ask, like, okay, so if there is two Quebec teams, mm. um, that would make five in the East, and you have to have one more in the West in order to balance it out the schedule because you don't want to. I, I, I said, if you're not ready to balance, d- don't put in that. Yeah, like, don't keep keep it on balance. Keep it balanced so that we have we don't have these stupid. Well, who, where are you classing Valor East or West? West. I would classify them as West, um, and then well, the, the Saskatchewan stuff is. I know some people have yeah said it's probably may, or might not be twenty twenty one, but the Saskatchewan 
possibilities are there, both in Saskatoon for probably first, and then and then hopefully Regina. Down I'm the hoping road. they could get at least one team in the East next year, so they get to get up to eight, and then we yeah. then we do it two at a time or something I, like that. I do, I, yeah, I don't want another uneven. Yeah. No, I think they need to go to ten next year, yeah. not eight. Although I would like it, yeah. ideally ten, but I'm just saying at minimum one, uh, even maximum one. Or or three. Well, I mean, they're also talking that one or three, not maximum two. one. Oh, I meant <laughs> sorry, I'm getting confused here myself. One or three, not two. Yes. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. David Clanikin said he's been in talks with a couple of ownership groups in BC. Yeah. And then there was another Ontario. I, 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 Ajax, Pickering area outside of Toronto. Pickering. That was it. Yeah. They could be rumors. That's another Eastern. Oh, that's a good name for them, Ajax too. They can use that. Confuse a lot of Dutch people around there. Get them to come to the games. <laughs> this season, though, at least for the the spring season, your your buddy's killing it. My friend Tommy, Tommy Fielden Jr. and his favorite Cavalry Englishman. FC. I think he is my favorite Englishman. It's him or Carl Valentine. How's his brother doing? <laughs> Tommy's. Uh, I don't think he's played, has he? I'm not sure actually. I don't think I don't think he's costing them points like he did in that opening <laughs> against TSS last year. <laughs> It didn't matter too much. They still won a championship with him. That's true. But Cavalry are looking very strong. A good 1-0 win in the first CPL version of Al Clasico yesterday. Horrendous conditions. There's like a monsoon. And it was hard to watch the game. The, yeah. the screen and the camera lens just It was similar to covered. that game in Hamilton a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Speaking of the, the north there, it was nice of the southerners to shut up those northerners. <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that 1-0 win, it came in the back of a Canadian Championship win in Victoria. They're looking like they're the team to beat just now. They're unbeaten on the season. In the league and the cup. 100%, four wins out of four in the league. Two 12 nil. points. They're sitting five points clear already of second place Forge, and they've got a game in hand. Yeah. And the thing is, it made sense for them to be the strongest team because yeah. they came in off a PDL well, Championship. We, we tipped them to, to win it. I yeah. mean, who, who wouldn't have tipped them? To win it, <laughs> Marco, who, who is Marco Carducci team? is doing great. He's killing it. He I'm, is actually. I'm happy a, for him. A couple of good saves. Could easily have been a draw yesterday. Edmonton did, did have their chances. Yeah, Randy didn't start this game either. I was no. kind of. Yeah, I wonder what's up there. I mean, I was. Oh, because lo- Emiobi came up. It started, I think. Yeah. I was looking at the Calgary Foothills team from, from last year, and 10 of the 11 players that started that championship game that they won in the PDL are now in CPL. And yeah. a bunch of them are eight starters. Of them, yeah. yeah, eight of them are with with Cal- Cavalry. So it looks like the championship game is going to get held in, in Calgary in October. I think that could be a little road trip for us, maybe. Yeah. Sure. Or a, or a cheap plane, cheap flight. Well, talking of cheap I, flights... I don't see that happening. Pacific FC have not won a game since we went to their season opener. So clearly we are the the magic that is making things happen in in Victoria. So Rob or Josh or Dean, I think need to get us some Helijet vouchers sent over so we can go over and support <laughs> the lads and, and get them some more more points. On I the was good enough to go this weekend. I was all planning to go, but then... It would have been an early kickoff and a long the, weekend. It would have been the, a nightmare. It was 12.30. It would have been great. Their schedule is so off because yeah. it's like they're, they're, they need to be more stabilizing their scheduling. Well, the schedule, well the, now they've got a break until June 1st I as know, well in league duty. The, the schedule does not get, is not, I don't think the schedule is super kind to them when you look at it. No. For multiple reasons. I mean, Pacific, But they are, yeah, they're sitting fourth yeah. still. Five points from five matches. 
That's like TFC in the, in the MLS, isn't it? Oh no, that's not TFC. No, that's Vancouver in MLS, right? They're they're one point per game. Hmm. Twelve from twelve. And Ben Ten got his first. Oh yeah, yeah. it was deflected though, Ca- right? I'm don't don't take it, don't I don't know what you're talking him. about. I saw a great shot where uh, wow. the, right ball the, the ball had eyes. The ball had eyes and went right to if the you, net. If you listen to Ben talk about it after the game, he talks about the deflection. He's oh. he's humble. He, yeah. He's not going to. But no, it was great. You feel great for the Marcus Haber as well. Got yeah. his, his first goal and a header. That's where he gets him from. No, I I, I don't think he's that good. He's not. Air. Yeah, he's being sarcastic. <laughs> That's twice today. You got yes. me. Once on air, once off air. But I mean, it's good for them. Get that weight off their back. Their first CPL goal. But but that was the plus positive. Yeah. Then they kind of collapsed. The defensive play is not good from them just now. They're very like the the depth is not there. Like they're missing the German. Yeah. Yeah. Well. When you're missing the German, everything and crumbles. Missing the Dutch Canadian from the beginning of this yeah. year. Defense is crumbling like the Berlin Wall without their German in there. Ryan McCurdy. You <laughs> sent me a text. About that. A guy that I yeah. thought, oh, he'll, he'll be good. Up yeah, he's not having a, a good time with it. You got the OG. He's an OG. OG gave away a penalty. It was between him and Ellie Gindo uh, as to who they were going to sign, and they went with Ryan McCurdy. Ellie Gindo. Ended up at TSS Rovers and scored two goals on his debut with a clean sheet. I think hmm. I think he might be the reason why you're not getting those vouchers for Telejet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Stu the Starfish, by the way, is the best thing the about the Canadian Premier League. That little cowboy hat that he had on his head that he took off for the national anthem. <laughs> Tremendous. Can you imagine and he was the, on a bucking bronco. Can you imagine the emails if he didn't <laughs> take off his hat? I never take mine off. Oh, really? Yeah. No one in the press box get on, gets on you? No. But it's a very young Pacific team. And we talked about it last week that it feels it's going to be hard for them to compete. If they had got this win... I mean, York 9 is the only team really that looks really, really poor so far this year. They haven't played at home yet. They get to do that this this coming week for the first time. Giving up those two goals, and they, they easily could have lost this game yeah. as well. I mean, that would have been a massive confidence like crusher for them not going to get any easier for them it was the Canadian Championship games on Wednesday they lost the first leg against Cavalry 2-0 yeah, and it two like, early goals it looked like it was going to be really yeah. bad yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were watching it at, we had it streaming at the, the Whitecaps game on Wednesday and yeah I thought that was going to get out of hand quickly and then Cavalry just kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit <sighs> and now they're going, they're going to Calgary this, this Wednesday right for yeah. the return leg Looks like the Whitecaps could be going there in July. Because if Cavalry right. get through this, which well, that would be like the well. Those trips to Alberta are fun. I mean, everyone was excited for the I've island. priced my flights out already. The cheapest one of going out on the day of the game and back the next day, currently $238. That's not bad. Including tax? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I was toying with booking it, but then if Forge beat them, you've got a trip to Calgary for no reason. Yes, true. Literally. Who, who wants to go to Calgary? On a Wednesday. On a Wednesday in July. You can make it hot. there in 10 hours by yeah. car. Yeah, yeah in the summer. That, in the summer. It would be great. It's nice. Golden. Go through golden. Yeah. No, n- n- pro- high probability of no snow. Mm. <laughs> we could have a road trip then, maybe. We could go Banff. I like yeah. the idea of flying, yeah. just getting there. I've never been to Banff. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Well, I've been to Banff in Scotland, but that's slightly different. Yeah. We could take pictures at Lake Louise. The Canadian Championship Games got underway on Wednesday. We saw history made on Wednesday. Three 
first round matches in the road to the Voyagers Cup. Yeah. All new teams playing in the competition. Couple of surprises as Not well. Not all new teams. Oh no, of course. Yeah. Blaineville. So Blaineville played out a nil-nil draw with York. York's really not good right now. Got a great chance in the second leg, but you have to fancy the CPL team. Maybe away goals could come into it, so that could be crucial. I watched the Halifax Vaughan Azuri game. Halifax looked like they were going to be out of sight. Two 0 up at half time yeah. could have been a w- way way more. Yeah, I don't know what Vaughan Azuri did at half time. Storm back two two. You think, oh, this is going to set up an interesting thing. Well, well, they had the they had the massive crowd behind them and everything. It was it was yeah. it was lively. Yeah, I like I like these games. Was that which one had the flare? That was in Quebec or was that in Vaughan? It can't oh, have been, I, it I could have been Vaughan because it wasn't Vaughan in, indoors or something in a gym or something like an indoor no? facility. I, I thought one so. of them was an indoor facility. That's what I heard. I mean, I didn't watch either one. I have. I didn't watch the the York Blainville game because I was waiting for the fifteen think, minute highlights to I, go on one sock, and they didn't do that. I think that was. I the wasn't flare. watching ninety Going minutes with flare, of no no. Oh, that's disappointing. And then, of course, we talked about cavalry and Pacific. But it's great to see this. I just. I want it opened up more. Yeah. And we've I, talked about it before. And it's like you, you could have had BCT Rovers Tigers as the national champions, the amateur champions. They won the trophy against all the other provinces. Get them in. You'd have had Nick Sulzma playing in the competition, playing at Newton Athletic Park, a, a good venue to have it. Get some of the, the VMSL champions in or some of the Saskatchewan champions in, Edmonton Scottish, things like that. TSS Rovers, Calgary Foothills, Victoria Highlanders. Thunder Beach. Thunder Beach. Oh, I mean, it's so close to York, prob- probably. <laughs> In my head, it is. Big Derby game. <laughs> Just please, if you're listening, open it up. We want, well, we want that. Hey, before you open it up, which I am in agreement with, Michael, I think there should be like, hey, if you're at this level, you're in. And I think the level should be, there should be more levels than there currently are. But the... the they got to organize they, they the levels the, better, too. They need to get the, stru- the structure of the competition yes. better, which we, oh, don't, yes. we won't have to go into again, No, but, but it it's a farce. Terrible. It's a yeah, farce. it's farcical. I totally agree with that. I was also like just an open draw like the FA yes. Cup, so you could have Montreal are playing Toronto. I, 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 would, be, I, would, I would be okay for a year, one to three years, if they started off regional, I'd be okay. Yeah, but as, as, as long as get traveling they should, supporters, yes. as, as great as, atmospheres. As long as they do it like like uh, like they've like they've done with uh, promotion relegation, and they say they say we're starting in this place, but our intention is to go here because the U.S. Open Cup when the MLS when that, that when, when, ML, when the Cascadian American MLS teams got in. It was great to have it regional. Yeah. But over, it's, it gets a bit stale. Did you go it's down it's still regional to, to this day. It, yes. It's regional yeah. up to a point. Yeah, then, yeah, of yeah. course. I think up, it to has the, to be. up to the Oh, Sims, I've been to a number of Seattle, Did you go to the Kitsap Seattle game, though? No, no, not that one. But I've been that to was, a number of. good fun. I've been to a number of Seattle Portland games in the, in the U.S. Open I Cup. I love the U.S. Open Cup, and I've written about this and tweeted about this. It's a, it's a competition that is just not valued. As to what it should be, it's a wonderful yeah. competition, and that's my dream that we'll have that one day here here in Canada. It's just, getting there. Yeah, just to round this section up, just want to quickly talk USL League Two, TSS Rovers, Calgary Foothills met today. TSS Rovers, great start to the season. Two 0 win on Sunday against Lane. 
5-0 shellacking of Portland Timbers on Friday night. Oh, that feel good. That was a good game to call. Enjoyed that. And today was a great game of football between two really talented Canadian stacked teams. 2-1 win for Calgary Foothills in the end. Calgary Foothills, they lost all but three of their players from last season that, that won the PDL Championship. And they've put together so much good players again this year yeah. that you think they could even go back-to-back championships because they've, they've won two games to start the season on the road. Looking good. Leon Hopgood, the new head coach that's taken over, he's playing really good. He's 10 years he's been working with Tommy Fielden before this. He's doing a good job there. TSS had a good start, but I think... You saw some of the cracks that were maybe papered over. Well, when you go with the same starting eleven on from Friday to Sunday, yeah. the, I know, I, like, I know tough, you want to you want to stay with a hot you, hand. Yeah, when you've won five now, it's like tough not to go with that same starting eleven. Not when it's Friday and Sunday. When, well, they took the lead; they just faded a bit. The tired legs, I think, took over. Not a not bit. surprising. Yeah, yeah. But if you haven't got out to any TSS games, try and get out. Great atmosphere. The Swan Guardians do a great job. Great football. Ten dollars to get in. Yeah, and your mothers are free. Yeah, mothers are free for the next game, June seventh. No, actually, it's not. Sorry, I, was, <laughs> I didn't want to confuse you there. It was Mother's Day before. Oh no, but it is free for the June seventh game. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. Oh, they keep they keep bringing them. Well, it's free for everyone in the June seventh game. It's a special oh. thing they're doing with a chimp. Oh, okay, cool. Can't wait to look at that. Yeah, Friday, June seventh, Juanda Fuka Plate. The Highlanders are coming. Get the bagpipes. Get the kilts out. I always do. That's my special bedroom routine. Anyway, we will be back. It's part five after this. You call them bagpipes? Hi, I'm David Norman, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. That was Chaz and Dave with Gertcha. Entered the charts in 1979, 40 years ago this week. Just thought I'd bring another one out oh, no, since you didn't have anything. Solid there. music. Yeah. <sighs> we paid homage to Chaz and Dave. One of them died. I can't remember which one. But anyway, rest in peace, whichever one 50, it was. 50-50. Yep. Let's go with Dave. It's going to have been Chaz. I know it. You can check this out while we play our wavelength song. Because it's wavelength time. And we're going to 2008 for this week's wavelength. A band we've played many times on the show, I Ludicrous. And I picked this one in celebration of Cove Rangers. Cove Rangers made history yesterday, becoming the first Highland League team to be promoted to the Scottish League via the new playoff system that they've introduced with the the pyramid that they've built, beating Berwick Rangers in the deciding game. 
meaning the only English team to play in Scotland, which was a, a quiz question, no longer in the Scottish League. So this is a song by I Ludicrous, the Highland League. Rest in peace, Chaz. Stennis Muir 3, Albion Rovers 2. Highland League. Oh, the Highland League has missed the And some of them have done well in the cup. Oh, the Highland League runs on limited means. But attendances are slowly on the up. If you're up to the broad, be sure to find your day. Tremendous views of Ben Nevis. Aye, you can keep your Namby Pamby Lowland Leagues. I'll stick to the Highland League. And may the twin never. And some of them have done well in the cup. Well, the Highland League runs on limited means, but attendances are slowly on the up. Well, the Highland League has 15 teams. In the Rury, was played every in the cup. Well, the Highland League runs on limited means, but attendances are slowly. Cove Rangers versus Fraserborough, match abandoned after 36 minutes. The sun came out. Pools panel verdict, home win. Deverinville 3, Wick Academy 2. Forry Mechanics 1, Nair County 4. Fort William versus Bucky Thistle, match postponed. Ground being used for Shinty. Pools panel verdict, 
Meaningless draw. Huntley 2, Keith 1. Lossiemouth 2, Roths 0. Inverurie locals had to play with themselves this weekend because the Highland League has 15 teams. And now, on to Hugh for the curling. Ah, I often wonder what the cleaners think. As, as I went to the, the toilet there during that song, it's blaring really loudly out in the whole nuke, nuke area here, sir. So. That was well, I ludicrous. Well, if the cleaners want to let us know what they think, they can tweet at us at, uh, at AFT in Canada. Canada yeah. Yeah. The Highland League. English band I ludicrous, in case you didn't know there. There's actually now 18 teams in the Highland League. One of them is perhaps the worst team in UK football, Fort William. There's, they've had a couple of seasons where they haven't won a game, but they've got some draws. This year, though, they set a new record. They finished the season on minus seven points from their 34 matches. They had two draws, but they failed an eligible player in three games, which led to a nine-point deduction. They scored 21 goals and conceded a staggering 245 goals. A goal difference of minus 224. They gave up 7.2 goals a game. Their first two games of this season saw them lose 11-1. Then they, they picked up a bit, and then they lost their fourth and their fifth 10-0. Lost their game 11-0 to Cove Rangers, who we talked about. And at one point, they were going to get bought over by an American company. And they were going to do that kind of thing that Ebsfleet did, where you could yeah. like buy shares and pick the thing. I don't know what happened. They were going to turn it into a big TV series, and it all fell down, and it's just absolutely dreadful. But that was our wavelength for this week. Now, it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories, links and a lot more beside. Make it part of your daily routine, morning, noon and night bcsoccerweb.com What's been catching your eye in the site this week, Stephen? Uh, a few stories here. Uh, FIFA is coming up with new contract rules, player contract rules, that will they're looking to aim at the stability and clarify uh, termination of con- like termination conditions. Uh, this is essentially in helping what term- determine for players whether contracts are can be terminated for just cause because players are their net, their salaries are being paid on time. Um, a 2016 Fifth Pro survey had of, of their 14,000 members of the 14,000 that did the survey, 41 percent of them had experienced delays in their payments, and a significant number had been forced by the clubs to train alone as a tactic to make them break their contracts. Hmm. Interesting, like Effie Juarez, yeah. he was released for his contract just cause. Just because he wasn't very good. <laughs> um, a story is from Switzerland. Well, hang on. Oh, F- speaking of Fuarez, he's in uh, killing at Villarreal. I don't know what's happened to Sam. Sam must be injured or something because he's not playing. But Fuarez, curse him, Michael. After after his red card, Fuarez fought back to reclaim his spot at right back. Not and, literally. <laughs> no. Uh, no and, referees were harmed. <laughs> That we know of, and Valoranga is—I uh, mean, they're tied on points for third, but they're—they're they're, they're third overall in the Norwegian league, and Effie's been starting every match. 
that 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 was brought to you by BC Soccer Red Headlines as well. Cool. Uh, so a uh, story out of Switzerland. Uh, Grasshopper's president says he was blackmailed by his own fans. Apparently, dozens of fans had moved up to the front of the terraces and threatened to storm the pitch. Oh, yeah. After uh, Lucerne's uh, fourth goal, and it was a four-nil win for them. And Steven Ritiker said he had no option but to talk to them. The fans demanded that the players hand over their shirts as they were not worthy of wearing them, a demand to which the club agreed to. Um, he did <laughs> He did regret it. He said he didn't want to do it but felt it would calm things down. He did not want violence on the pitch. I, I believe that the team had to abandon the game at that point. Is that because the referees sent everyone off for taking their jerseys off? It could be. Mm. So this has happened before. I think it's happened in Italy uh, a number yeah. of years ago. Where the ultras said, "Yeah, you are the, the way you have performed is not uh, good enough for our club." I know some people will laugh at this and whatever, but there are some people who take their football uh, in, a, in a little bit of a different way. Um, the the walking back to the to the, <laughs> to the dressing room like dogs—I think that might be new. I don't know if I've heard that before, but um, yeah, that's a whole lot of unfortunate going on there. Um, speaking of laughable, uh, MLS Commissioner Don Garber uh, <laughs> says uh, apparently you'll see more charter travels in the new CBA. Um, he's hinting at his willingness to uh, for more charter flights uh, so MLS can be the league that we want to be going forward. That's quote unquote. It doesn't matter that there's a willingness to have them. It's a willingness to use them by clubs. That's the, that's the key thing. And it's like some clubs, Whitecaps being one of them, are happy not to spend money on the charters. Yeah. They could have a, an increase to 10 a year. I don't think you're going to see them using it unless the charter costs come way down. Or the charter is paid by the league. Or, especially... But was it was it you that were talking about, or someone uh, were talking the, about having, yeah. like, buying a, yeah. a plane yeah. for, say, the Cascadia teams, buying a yeah. plane for so the, the Texan teams? The owner of RSL, I forget his name, he's really wealthy, he, I think, is the one who brought it to the the owners, brought it to the league, and said every team should buy a plane, <laughs> and then you use it for your let's say twenty dates a year, and then you you rent it out to whatever musicians to or EFTN to, for to whoever our road trips. You you rent it out, and you over time you'll make your money back. And that was kind of like uh, you're crazy. The owners, I think, are like none of us want to spend that kind of money. So then there was a discussion. I don't know how formal or informal of having regional planes for MLS. Mm. So they would have, yeah, these charter planes that would, like, yeah, like you said, would be for, let's say, Cascadia or California teams or Texas teams or whatever, that kind of idea. So Which the, makes sense. So maybe you have... Like maybe, have an air MLS. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. But again, the owners balked at the cost of it. So there, I think there is potential down the road to maybe do something like that, but it doesn't sound like they're <laughs> they're at that stage yet. So I it's not public. They're worried, I guess, if they have MLS planes in some cities, they'd just be tons of empty seats. That was a good one. Um, the, another story that came out of this, because these comments were made in Montreal, um, it was just after a Montreal coach um, mm. uh, he basically claimed that he the team wasn't being treated fairly yeah, by MLS. I read this. And Don Garber basically had to defend him and say, no, we treat everybody the same. Yeah, we Pretty hate everyone. Shit. Pretty oh. shitty. <laughs> we hate all Canadian teams. It's not just Montreal. Um, next story is a little bit of a funny one. Uh, 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 soccer teams in New Jersey have had to uh, make other arrangements because a bird has laid eggs on the fake turf and displaced the, the teams for now. Uh, I, it's a kill deer, uh, uh, the bird is called. Uh, it laid its eggs about two weeks ago on a patch of synthetic grass. 
uh, in New Jersey, like we said. Uh, it could take one to two months for the eggs to hatch and the chicks to leave the nest. They're not a considered a threatened species, but they are protected by the uh, couple of migratory bird treaties in Canada and America. Good news, though, is I think they also laid some eggs in the, the penalty box that the Whitecaps will be attacking <laughs> oh, in New Jersey. Gotcha. So they don't have to worry about that. The game can still go on because oh, they won't okay. be disturbed yeah, in the game. Yeah, that makes sense. Last the story, uh, the, uh, the, the, what do they call it? The giveaway? No, the, the send-off game uh, for Canada's women's national team. They defeated Mexico 3-0. Uh, goals from Jesse Fleming, Christy Sinclair, and Adrian Leon. Christy Sinclair gets her 181st goal. Take she, that, Wando. Yeah. She's she's three away from uh, Abby Wambach. Um, uh, for three from away from tying and four from passing. So hopefully she can do it during the World Cup. It'd be nice. That would be good. Imagine if she'd had a four-goal performance and tied it. Yeah. Maybe she's saving for the World Cup. I wonder, like, as soon as she gets it, does she retire? No. Uh, it doesn't seem like it. I don't think so. I think she she's going to want to end on a tournament or something, you know. But so but if yeah. she gets it, she gets the World like, Cup. So that's a good fair point. Uh, but I think I, she I, might go to the net one more tournament after that. I I, I just mm. feel like she she doesn't like uh, for, for a while there she looked very tired on the pitch, but now she seems more reju- like, rejuvenated. Like, but Wonder said he's rejuvenated. Yeah, by because this he's, whole chase he's and, and I think with the Canadian the way they're playing, they're playing a way more open style. There's also yeah. a lot of young players coming through that. When you're playing with young players, it kind of uh, picks you up and gives you more energy as well. Yeah. She's, she made a comment after the match to say that this is the team she's always wanted, this Canadian yes. team. Yeah. It's like everything that she's wanted in a team. But that is it for this week's show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada. Give us a follow on Instagram at AFT in Soccer and on YouTube at AFT in Canada. We'll be back next week with more chat, fun, music, laughs, everything you could want. Oh, and we'll be talking about the Whitecaps as well. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mourn the Caps. <laughs> Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.